How? How do you sign Tyler Anderson to a one-year, $2.5 million contract out of free agency? How does that happen? Good morning to you. Good Monday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Pirates. Comes your way bright and early every weekday morning if you're into football and or hockey. I also offer up daily shots of Steelers and Penguins. The Pirates were 6-5 winners yesterday at Wrigley Field, and that score does not do justice to what Anderson did to the Cubs. Eight innings, two runs, four hits, six strikeouts and a walk, 102 pitches, 70 strikes. All the dude did was pound the zone with a precisely located fastball. Yeah, he had other offerings, but as Derek Shelton said afterward, this was the best he'd been able to place his four-seamer since he's been with the Pirates, and that's no jab at everything else he's done here because the guy's now got a 3.05 ERA, which is pretty good in the modern sense. It's top 10 in the National League. And all he's done is get people out and look super calm and relaxed in doing so. So when that happens... When it does, we who observe this team are going to be torn. You'll see someone like Anderson, and you'll feel good about when he's on the mound pitching for your side, wearing your uniform, and you'll want him to stick around because this is more fun, being competitive. This is good. And at the same time, you've got to understand that this guy's 31 years old and he's not going to be part of, here comes that line again from Charrington, the next winning Pirates team. He's just not. Because the next winning Pirates team isn't around the corner. Certainly not at a contending level. They can go through nice spurts like they did a couple weeks ago. That's never to be confused. Not this year, probably not next year, with any kind of serious contention context. What you need to do with Anderson is to trade him. And you need to trade him before the deadline. Because the longer a team has that player under control, the more valuable that asset is to that team, and the more they'll give up to get him. As we saw with the Joe Musgrove trade, with the Jamison Tyone trade, there is no commodity more valuable across Major League Baseball than starting pitching. There's almost nothing that teams won't give up for a dependable, efficient, poised starting pitcher. The Yankees gave up what now looks like to be a potential mint for the Pirates. And if I'm just counting Miguel Yahure, who, by the way, had another really good outing in the minors yesterday, and Ruanzi Contreras, who's throwing 100 miles an hour and struck out nearly everyone he faced the other night in Altoona's opener, 
if we're just looking at those guys, it's a heist. It's a heist. For a guy who, again, as, as lovable as JT is and as great as his story is and all his resilience and recoveries, can't be counted on. The Yankees gave up that much. And that was nothing compared to what the Padres gave up for Musgrove. Even now, you can look at Will Crow, who pitched really well over the weekend, by the way, at Wrigley, and say that getting Will Crow was a terrific deal for Josh Bell, but we're getting into position players now. Where the pitchers are concerned, where starting pitchers are concerned, it's a heist that you can expect. And it's that much more when executives and scouts are able to lay eyes on that guy pitching well right now. Think about all the question marks and the doubts and everything else that the Yankees had related to Tyone, and still look what they gave up. Same thing goes for San Diego and looking at Musgrove, as inconsistent as he was and missing uh, half of that shortened season to injury. And still they gave all that up. You absolutely unequivocally have to trade Anderson because if you don't, you're losing your own focus, your own commitment on what you're trying to build. By the time, uh, let's throw some prospect names around. Let's say your infield is now Kebrian Hayes, Leo Verpaguero, uh, Nick Gonzalez, and uh, just for the fun of it, we're keeping Colin Moran for the long haul, and he's your first baseman. As I really don't think he would, even though he's been you know, quite good, I don't think he's somebody that you'd get a lot for. And your outfield is Brian Reynolds, Travis Swaggerty, and I don't know, somebody else. But you got yourself like an actual baseball team with some potential, with some pop, with some dynamism to it. By that time, Anderson's going to be, what, 33, 34? And you'll be paying him, I'll remind, he's a free agent after the coming season. You'll be paying him, what, 10, 12, 14 million a year? If you don't think he's going to get something like that after this season, then you're not paying attention to what happens every winter across baseball. No one gets more, I don't know if the term is overpaid, but highly paid for their work than the starting pitchers do. Why? Because they're like gold. They're like gold. So if you presume that the Pirates either couldn't or wouldn't keep Anderson after the coming season, then there's nothing to discuss here. There's nothing to discuss. And that's actually, to be honest, how I could have begun this whole conversation. But I'm instead at least leaving somewhere in the mix the remote possibility that they could approach Anderson now and say, hey, let's sign a three-year deal here because we really, really like you. You know, presuming that he'd even entertain it. It's still not getting value. It's still not getting what he can bring you in a trade that fits your pattern, that fits your mold. Look, I know it sucks, okay? I'm not new here. 
It will be no fun watching arguably the team's best starting pitcher. If he isn't, JT Brubaker is. They're having a nice little back and forth here. It'll be no fun when he's gone. But you can't make a plan and begin the process of executing it. Take significant steps toward executing it. Starling Marte, Josh Bell, Joe Musgrove, Jamison Tyone. And you're bringing in all these prospects that are kind of around the same age group, although that's not as important as people tend to think. You're really looking for quantity with your quality so that if and when things go wrong with individual prospects, there are others to take their place or to compete with them. That's the main focus, not about bringing up one group in one wave. But you can't just pull the plug on that because you're seeing a 31-year-old pitch well. You can't do it. You can't do it. To Anderson's credit, he's he's got a, a tremendous business-like attitude about this, even though I'm positive he understands what's going on here as well. Yeah, you know, it just gives you it gives you confidence in going out and competing. You know, there, I played for a long time where, um, you know, you're out there, you're kind of battling for your life. You know, when, when you're injured and you're still trying to play, it's hard to it's hard to focus and it's hard to compete and there's always some competition going on and it's and it makes it a lot tougher with your concentration with a lot of things. Um, but to just to be healthy, I mean, I'm super thankful for it. And you know, the doctor, Dr. Brian Cole is actually out here in Chicago. Um, just super thankful for him to be able to give me a chance to keep playing and and to a spot where I can feel like I can compete and not have to worry about it. Good for him. But you know what? Even better for the Pirates. Even better for the Pirates. Wherever it is that Anderson goes, people are going to stick it in his face. Look, he's pitching in the World Series now, just like all the former Pirates who were whatever. And no one will even know the names of the prospects that the Pirates got in return, or at least very, very few will. I hear that stuff all the time. Every time Josh Bell hits a home run, oh, I wish he was still here. He's hitting like a buck 18 in Washington. And if I ask them what they think of Will Crow and how he pitched over the weekend, they've never even heard of Will Crow. That's just what you're dealing with as it relates to the Pirates. So much is perception and incorrect perception as opposed to reality. The reality is a smart, committed, focused general manager will trade Tyler Anderson before the deadline this year. And Ben Charrington checks all of those boxes. When we come back, just one question. Welcome back. Today's Just One Question is brought to you by the good people at the North Shore Tavern which is the home of Steak on a Stone, also the home to the planet's only fully dedicated pirate sports bar. Front to back, 365 days a year, nothing but buckos. Doesn't mean you can't go there and take advantage of their uh, million TVs that they've got all around the walls there. You can watch and enjoy Penguins games, playoff games, Steelers games, whatever it is. But this is a place that is by and for Pirates fans. North Shore Tavern, directly across Federal Street 
from PNC Park. Our question comes from Josh Hawkins, who asks, Is it me, or do the Pirates get way more bad calls than other teams, from bad strike zones to runner interference? Over the weekend, I watched Jason Hayward walk right in front of Michael Perez while a runner was stealing second. This is the first year I've been able to watch on TV. Are the umpires always this bad? And if so, I've changed my mind on robot umps. The sooner the better. Josh, the answer to your question is yes. The Pirates do get more bad calls than other teams based on nothing scientific, based on just me watching the games. That doesn't have as much to do with the Pirates or who they are as a team or a franchise or anything like that as it does with who they have on their roster. Umpires are big believers, although they'd never admit it, in the veterans getting the calls. That doesn't mean that some of the Pirates' older guys haven't also gotten hosed but to me, that's just a result of, you know, just umpires being human. But if you see a, a first or second year player, or actually, you know who's even a better example? Brian Reynolds. Let's talk about Brian Reynolds. Brian Reynolds is always hunting for balls. You notice that? Doesn't matter what the count is. He is looking to get the call on every marginal pitch. And I'm not saying this as if I'm unaware that he's having a good season. He's hit the ball well. He's shown a better approach. Uh, he's driven it from both sides, which is something that he wasn't doing at all in 2020. So hats off to him for that. I'm not. This isn't some general criticism, but he gets into a a two-two count, one-two count, whatever it is, and he still thinks he's gonna get the call. And he's not, because he's still Brian Reynolds, the relatively new guy in the majors. Not super new, not just off the bus, but new enough. Whereas if you send someone up, like, you know, even Todd Frazier, as, unpredict as unproductive as he's been, He's still been around for a long time, and, you know, he's 36 years old. You know, all the umpires know him and can chat with him and whatever else, and he's just, he's going to get the benefit of the doubt. So I wouldn't look at this as a Pirates thing, like the umpires look over at the Pirates and think, oh, they're just the Pirates. Now, the base... The base running thing, the runner interference thing that you're talking about, that is driving Derek Shelton nuts. I talked to him about this when I was out in San Diego with the team last week, and he's making this now something of a mission. I don't think he believes that the Pirates are being hosed on it. I think he just believes that there's a general lack of consistency or even awareness and knowledge about this rule. As he told me, he would prefer to see the runner interference call, the runner running on the grass to get to first base, be something that's reviewable. It's not. And that's a shame because it results in outs and lost hits when it's called, which 
can be a really, really big swing in a game. And it's hurt the Pirates a couple of times already this year in both directions. In both directions, meaning the Pirates have been called out and other players who've run down the line, and this is what he was mad about in San Diego, a runner stayed inside the line and hit Colin Moran's glove as the throw was coming from Eric Gonzalez. Ball goes off of Moran's glove, and the Padres capitalize. I think he just wants to make umpires more aware of it and more aware that this thing has gone against the Pirates, not because he thinks the Pirates are being singled out. Um, as I often uh, share my stance with readers and listeners, I'm not a believer that that teams are the target of umpires and referees and other officials. I think that it's really, really rare when that happens. These people are extremely conditioned to not be fans in any kind. And I know fans who are really, really committed to individual teams have a hard time swallowing that occasionally, especially when a call goes against them. But that's not what's happening here, Josh. That's what I'm trying to tell you here. It's a really, really good question that's obviously got a lot of layers, but that's not what's happening here. It's that the Pirates, A, have a lot of young guys, and B, just happen to have um, an inconsistently enforced rule that's been going against them to date we'll see Uh, you know that stuff tends to even up over time and when it does we don't talk about it so we don't really notice it so i appreciate the question i appreciate everybody listening to daily shot of pirates we'll do another one of these tomorrow Park University in the heart of downtown Pittsburgh, they understand there's no substitute for real-world experience and career-building connections. Their innovative curriculum engages students with distinctive experiential learning opportunities. Point Park's pioneering co-op program empowers qualified students to work in full-time, paid positions with their corporate partners while earning college credits. Visit pointpark.edu works to learn more. Career ready. That's the point. Point Park University. Your front door, your car, your gym locker, your gun. Safety is a habit. Learn more about how to keep guns safe and secure. Visit projectchildsafe.org.